Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Ross, or Ross Jedi J. And as always, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the L5J studios. This week on the show, returning for the umpteenth time, our very good friends, the creative team behind Ogre from Source Point Press. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Boston, Massachusetts, is our good friend, Mr. Bob Sally. Hello, Bob. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having us on and here. And from right down the street in the beautiful land of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, our good friend, Mr. Sean Daly. Good day. Good day to you, sir. Guys, it's so awesome to have you back for God knows how many times. Uh, I'm going to start this off with a, a little bit of uh, knowledge. It was August 28th, 2003. Thirteen. It was episode 75 of An Elegant Weapon, Fan Expo Canada. And that was Sean Daly's first ever appearance on An Elegant Weapon. And So, <laughs> what's that, six, uh, six years ago, I guess, at that point? I've been doing the show for like around eight and yeah you came in around the second year is when we kind of discovered each other so that was that was a long time ago and you know we can use that as a jumping off point as far as i met you you were just starting to build this terraquil world and you know a mere six years later you know, you've busted things open and have become quite a presence on the comic book making scene. How does it feel, Sean Daly? Uh, I feel exactly the same way I did six years ago, <laughs> and, and that's why. You do. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's like the charm in Sean. He's like, I feel a little bit taller. <laughs> that's a doubt. Well. You know, the thing is, is we all make jokes about you being, you know, such a chill, nice, awesome fellow. But I have seen the excitement and the comfort in public life grow in you over those six years. Would you agree? Yeah, sure. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a lot more comfy because, like, back in the day, you know, it was like if you listen, because I listened to this earlier, and I, it, was, it was like pulling teeth, man. Like, we had a nice little conversation, but it's all like two-word answers from you. <laughs> And over your many, many times on the show, it's actually neat. Maybe some, you know what? Maybe I should make like the Sean Daly collection and pull out all the Sean Daly episodes and just kind of like stitch them together so someone could listen to one episode that's just your evolution over the six years. That might actually be fun, yeah? That might be kind of cool. I don't know if I could listen to it. I think, uh, <laughs> I think that might drive me a little bananas. I think it's a great idea, though. It could be cool. Bob Sally. Hey. Uh, what year was it that we met at C2E2? Uh, I was, it was uh, the year before I joined SourcePoint Press. And what is that, usually in March? Uh, 2016 or was it earlier? 2015. 
2015. Yeah, because when I first I, met face to face was at C2E2. My first year with SourcePoint Press was the very beginning. Or it was either December 2015 or it was January 2016. Was that the beginning of it? That C2E2 is that when you? That met was when them I met them. Things, yeah. So I knew. Um, I knew uh, Gary Reed. I'm like I met I knew Gary Reed oh, through, you did. You through knew social him. media. Okay. I knew I knew Gary Reed through social media. He gave me his email address, and he and I used to email each other a lot. And I'd you know come to him for advice. And um, at the time, the publisher that I was with was kind of wrapping up. Like they weren't really they were kind of folding. And um, so I, I went to Gary Reed because uh, a friend of mine said, well, you know, you should look at Gary Reed at Caliber Comics. Um, and I was looking at them and it was kind of like salvagers wasn't really a fit. You know, I, I knew that like they kind of stuck with horror. They didn't really have a big sci-fi background and talking to him. He kind of like, I felt like he was kind of pushing me off to talk to Travis McIntyre and source point press. And then of course, doing my due diligence, I was looking at source point press and I was like, you know, this is another horror based publisher. So, um, I really, I, you know, I, I loved Gary. I thought he, you know, he was awesome that he always took the time to like, you know, reach out to me. And I mean, the emails that we would have together, like, it wasn't like these one word answers. It wasn't like somebody trying to just like blow you off. Like he was really genuine trying to help me. And uh, so he was saying, he was like, you know, I'm going to be, you know, Caliber and Source Point are going to be next to each other at C2E2. So why don't you come over and I'll introduce you to Travis McIntyre, which that's what, um, that was the show. I was there and I was actually there with uh, the publisher that I was with. But um, I talked to them and, um, you know, it was it was kind of an ugly situation with what was going on um, internally. And I told them that, you know, like they, they were kind of like, we're not going to make it like we're, this is kind of like the last show. So, you know, I told them I was like, I'm going to, you know, move. I'm going to try to move on to something else. And um, I went over to talk to Travis McIntyre. And as I walked up, I knew Casey Pierce from again from social media. Uh, and I was talking to well, her. Well, you knew quite a few people. Like I had even met yeah, you through social yeah, like, media. Met, yeah. You had a big social media presence at the time. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, it was like, I felt like social media was like a great platform for people yeah. who are independent that, you know, they could create their own voice. And there was already a, you know, a group of people out there that were all trying to band together. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was awesome. And C2E2, I mean, Chicago, Michigan, like, I feel like that area out there, it's, it was unbelievable for me because I feel like being in the Northeast, like we are all alone. Like we, there's not a family atmosphere. I hate to say it. Like there's not a really family atmosphere at all. Um, I was actually just talking to um, Ian Chase Nichols uh, today who does, who did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and he's in the Boston area and he and I literally have only talked to each other in New York at New York Comic Con and he lives in Boston. So it's... Yeah, see you and Ben, I think uh, Ben Goldsmith yeah. are the only like Boston creators that like I know. Yeah, I mean personally. like there's like Johnny yeah. C uh is Boston um you know, but it's it's just we I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like Josh Dahl. Josh, Josh Dahl, Josh yeah, Dahl. Josh Dahl. Yeah, he's Boston. Yeah, 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 I, yeah Josh. It's yeah. just something about it like where I think in the northeast, I think that anybody lives if people live 10 miles away from you, you're like, ah, that's too far. And when you get to <laughs> like when you get to the Midwest, people are like, "6 hours? Yeah, man, I'll come in in the morning and I'll leave at night." And people in the northeast are like, "I'll fly to you in 6 hours and can I stay for the weekend?" 
So uh, I think that's the reason why. And uh, yeah, you don't drive anywhere further from like than like four hours. Yeah. in my book, if you're uh, if you're from the Northeast, you know, like Michigan's kind of my limit. Although I did Chicago, and that was like nine hours. But the, the benefit of knowing people in Michigan was like I was able to crash at a friend's house and then continue on the next day and split yeah. it in half. So that was really nice. Basically. Yeah, but we don't you know when I, I did a show in Cheyenne and like I was talking to families where they had like three kids and you know they were like, Yeah, we came in from Nebraska and I was, they're like, it's eight hours and I was like, Oh, where are you staying? They're like, No, we're driving back tonight and I'm like, that's just bother like I was like, I can't fathom doing that in like twenty four yeah. hour span. So, uh, so I yeah, think I that's mean, why, like, guys from your area, because I know you enjoy coming here, and I know you love the Toronto atmosphere. Most people who come okay. do because, like, the family here is one of the the most complex. <laughs> I wormed my comic way book in. Organisms that's the only reason around. I wanted to work with Sean. I was like, if I work with Sean, I can get into the I can get into the Canada. <laughs> Happy to help. It's been fun with Sean. Like Sean, like uh, it's crazy how many people you've gotten to meet so quickly. Like. You know, because I remember when neither of us kind of knew too many people and uh, just, you know, word of mouth happened so quick with you and everybody was like, "Ooh, Sean Daly, this guy. And you're still like, even though it's been a few years because these different levels keep coming, you're always like the hot newcomer. But, you know, well, to me, I've been watching you do this for so long. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember a single point in time where you didn't know everybody. You know what I mean? That's not true. That's that's not true at all. <laughs> I believe that, but it, it just feels like you have been the person who's introduced me to everybody who I know in comics. Well, I think it was it was we had that little Twitter family, remember? Where it was a bunch of us. It was like Sean and Tim Conroy and uh you know, Doug Michelle and all those guys, right? Even Easton I remember from way back then, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were all chill. And then I finally remember, like, realizing that you were in Toronto. And then I finally met you at that fan expo that was your first interview there. That's right. And uh, at that time, I didn't know too many folks. I knew, like, uh, that's – but that's when I really started. That's when I, like, went to the show and I was, like – I recorded a lot of interviews. And also that same year, that same uh, that same fan expo was Dave Bishop. It was the first time I got to know Dave. So, like, I met a lot of those Toronto folks. And uh, Shay, Shay had just come, uh, A. Shay Han had just come onto the scene, right? Absolutely. And you're kind of the core of the first guys I met in the area when I, because I'd been going to Fan Expo for years, but not recording. I hadn't ever gone as a podcast till like 2012 or, or 13. I think it was 2012, the year before. And it all spread out from meeting you guys, man. And, you know, all of us supporting each other in a way, because I was meeting the people like it was so indie, the people that I was getting to talk to because I was so new. It wasn't like I was there as press or interviewing like any big comic names. So that's, you know, way back then was when I came up with the whole philosophy and mantra of the show where we're in the trenches and we're we're meeting all these indie guys that we can. Not that we don't do all the big flashy fun stuff that, you know, I get to do. I love that. But yeah. You know, the whole core of the show has always been that. And that's where it started. It was in Artist Alley at Fan Expo with Sean Daly and Dave Bishop and Aisha Han and Ricky Lima and Shane Heron and all these and the coolest guys. You know what I mean? And that's back when I and it was funny because I met Jason Liu back then, but in, I hadn't met him as a comic creator. I met him as a cosplayer. Because remember when he used to do Multiple Man? Yeah, super cool Multiple Man. Oh, yeah. Like the best Multiple yeah. Man ever. 
And let me just shout out uh, Jason Liu. Did you hear the news today about uh, the Comixology? Uh, Comixology is doing an original title. I think it's called Afterlit. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, written by Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. Drawn by Jason Liu. Uh, colored by Parasoline. Uh, I'm blanking out on who's re- or who's lettering it. Um, but that is like a Toronto super squad. That is like X-Force 5 Toronto edition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Also edited by Allison O'Toole. So that's right. Edited by Allison O'Toole, who was also, you know, had her toe, uh, in the source point waters. What it was serious, I think. Right, Bob? Help yeah. me out. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. She, uh, yeah, she edited, uh, Cirrus, yep. Casey Pierce. Casey Pierce. So yeah, that's like a Toronto like like force to be reckoned with right there. So I can't wait to see what they do on that comic book. Yeah, you know? very cool. And very cool that it was announced at San Diego Comic Con, where obviously neither of the three of us are this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. FOMO uh, is about you... to break out big time tomorrow. What is Sagan? FOMO, man. FOMO, fear of missing out. It's like every time San Diego Comic-Con on that Wednesday, it's like I just don't even want to be on social media because it's like (laughs) there's a party going on. It's a huge party, and you're not there, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to – Dude, I had to suffer that a lot this year because I took the rest of the year off cons a while back. I had a bunch of stuff going on and so much to do. I was like, I got to I got to stop for a bit. So I actually I didn't go to Motor City Comic Con this year, which is my favorite show of the year. And dude, I had I had the FOMO like never before. Like screw San Diego. The fact that I wasn't at Motor City was it was painful. <laughs> it was I gotta, I I I, I want to go there so bad. I've heard nothing but amazing things, and I think it still like, confuses my brain that you haven't been. I feel like, like it's every year that because obviously SourcePoint Press has like 50 million shows going on every weekend. It's been one of those things where it's like because I'm East Coast. Or also because I'm so willing to travel, like C2E2 comes up and Travis had me on the schedule for C2E2. And then he started realizing he had so many people on the schedule for C2E2. He was like, hey, instead of going to C2E2, would you rather go to Planet Comic Con in Kansas City? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, I've been to C2E2 multiple times. I've never been to Kansas City. Like, I want to do places I've never been. So... I think like whenever Motor City comes up, I feel like there's like five other cons going on that same weekend. So, you know, it's just been one of those things where that's the one and I've seen many guys do it. That's the one you have to fight for. And in a way, that's the one where you're going to get the most forgiveness because Travis understands. Like next year I'll go like you especially, you know. Because I'm like, a, I'm, I'm a pain in the ass and I'll kick and no, scream. No, no, I don't mean like that. I just mean you being such a uh, you know flagship part of the organization. Like you're you know you're top tier talent, man, and you're part of the smash hit that is the comic book ogre, and you're Mr. Bob Sally, and you haven't done Motor City Comic Con. That's like, <clears throat> it's you know, sacrifice. come on, that's got that, that has to be like Sean Daly has done Motor City Comic Con. Have you not? The fuck? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Thank, thank God. I don't think I have. have. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That's my confusion. I yeah, Shay did it. I took you to Philly. Philly. That's uh, that's yeah, where he Sean, and I met. That's, that's right. right. That's where we met. That is that. That's kind of. I ogre didn't come up that weekend at all. Though, no, no. We just. Uh, I walked by. I was walking up and down Artist Alley as a writer will do. 
you know, just kind of checking things out and wanting to meet other artists. And I walked by Sean's table and I looked at his art and it was amazing. And I think like, I don't think I, I when I looked at his art, like I, you know, I always have like maybe like three or four concepts somewhere in the back of my mind. And I think like I looked at his art and I was like, I have nothing for this guy. But given me enough time, like I'll come up with something because I was like, his art's beautiful. And, um, you know, and he and I talked and like when he was like, yeah, man, I'd love to work with you. I was just like, holy shit. Like, you know, he would love to work with me. Then I have to work with him. So, uh, you know, so then I just, you know, I think like I just put all my focus into like, what can I write that would, you know, be, you know, be good. Cause like, I feel like, you know, I was always into that sci-fi stuff and, you know, like kind of like that serious, you know, Marvel DC art, uh, action. Uh, so I had this, I had this, uh, fantasy comic book that I was kind of, you know, tooling around with and, you know, Travis McIntyre knew that, you know, I'm looking for something that I can like work with Sean on. And he took that and he kind of, you know, he's like tried a little spinning it around. And as soon as he did, like, you know, you, I've always said to myself, like, I'll, I'll never bring any kind of ego into this business because I feel like you just won't be able to survive with that. And you really need to be able to listen to other people and take what, you know, take their suggestions and not be so, um, you know, uh, blinded by your own concept in your own uh, way. So as soon as he came up with this, you know, this twist to it, I immediately was like, you know, that works. And Sean would be perfect for it. So at that moment, I just like, I think I stopped everything I was doing. And I just sat down and like, I every night, like I wrote it because I was like, if I'm going to write this and it's going to be a part of like Sean Daly's art. And we've talked about this before. And like, I can just like, saying the same thing again. I worked my ass off because I was like, I want, I wanted the story to complement Sean's art. Like the worst thing ever that you know I could do is take this opportunity to work with somebody as talented as Sean and just come up with like a, a script that was just getting by. So. I have a theory as to why your collaboration works. And one of the things I like about your writing is in your dialogue, it's very realistic as far as it's, uh, it's like pattern. You don't use too many or too little words. Like your sentences are things that people would actually say. Like it may be like the words may be medieval or whatever, and they may be grand because it's like a fantasy story, but your sentences are as are how real people would say them like four or five words you know what i mean not big drawn on you know three sentence paragraphs of of grandeur do you know what i mean like, yeah well i think that's like two things uh being a product of growing up reading comics in like the late 80s early 90s and there being so much crappy dialogue <laughs> you know and then also like i talk like i talk to myself when i'm like Right. You know, in your daily life, like if I'm like I was hanging out with the kids or if I'm doing that, if I'm like thinking of something or if I'm thinking of a scene, like I speak it out and having kids also helps you learn to condense. Well, yes, definitely. In your explanations. But I think it just complements Sean's art. Well, yeah. In a no, way. You, you, know not, I mean? you don't want to get you don't want to get dialogue balloons in the way of those uh, 
those beautiful mustaches. <laughs> yeah. But it's neat because of all the configuration. Uh, who does the word bubbles? Who puts the word bubbles in? I toss all that stuff in there. So you're that's all predetermined as you're doing everything, you're fitting all that. So that's why it works so well with your whack-ass panel style, yeah? Sure. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like, do you decide what comes first in your head? Do you see what you're going to draw in your head and then decide how you're going to do your wacky angled panel borders? Or do you come up with the panel borders and then fill those spaces that you've given yourself? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it all depends on what uh, Bob wants to see happening in the script, really. Uh, if there's something that's kind of like a weird, wacky fight scene, let's say, for example, which is what I'm drawing right now, uh, that automatically makes me want to skew the borders a little bit and mess things up and kind of keep the reader off balance almost in a way to make things seem a little more chaotic. Right. So, you know, it, it really just depends on what's happening in the script. Something that's just people talking, that's going to be simple because you don't want to confuse people when it's just right. a conversation going on, right? So it's totally, it depends on the context of what's happening. Do you kind of have to look at the entire page as one whole art piece, even though there's separate little pieces of art going on? Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, Exactly. Like that's exactly what you said is kind of how you have to approach a page. You want to like draw everything separately. Obviously you have to, but you want to look at it and approach it as one single story almost like each page needs to tell its own story even if it's uh like the most simple thing in the world even if it's just a conversation that gets a point across you have to treat it like it's its own story and that's really like anybody listening right now like write that down <laughs> like seriously no seriously like i'm not even kidding you like that is one of the most important things like that's comic book 101 and you cannot move forward and doing anything like Quentin Tarantino-esque with your comics until you like really get that down. And uh, I'm glad you said it because it's, it's just, it's so important that every comic should tell a story in itself. Even if it's a continuation, every page should tell a story in itself. And I mean, I guess you could even say like every panel should be able to tell yeah. a story in yeah. itself. Absolutely. If you break down the basic fundamentals of it, like that's what creates pace and that's what, like, to your mind where, like, a reader might not even get it. They might not see it because I don't think I ever really noticed it until I started writing and writing poorly. And somebody had to tell me this, that when, once I got it, it was like now reading comics, I don't, I totally see it. Um, just like Spider-Verse. Uh, one of the things about Spider-Verse that I immediately noticed was how it was bookend. From like the beginning to the end, and if you watch that movie, like he is in his bedroom listening to that song, and at the very end, he's in his bedroom listening to that song, and uh, it's it's really amazing. Like when you see like a you know an act has to have a beginning and an end, a, an issue has to have a beginning and an end, and just like Sean just said, a page should have a beginning and an end, even if it's continuous. It's. It's something that's been done before. Like people have messed with their borders and their panels and done interesting things, but there's something that just feels fresh about the way you do it, Sean. And it's because it, you notice it so quickly. Like I like the other comics, they'll bend and twist and you know, have little angles, but you go extreme, man. You've got like triangles in there at times and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's also it kind of breaks the monotony of uh, 
you know, uh, let's say a, a nine panel grid where it's just a whole bunch of rectangles. Uh, like you got to keep, well, for me, I got to keep what I'm doing fun or else it's just, it's, it's not the same. So, uh, any chance that I get to, as long as it fits the story and that'll always be the most important thing is making sure that what is being drawn and what is being represented on the page is a good fit for the story. But as long as it is, man, you just gotta have fun. You gotta just do weird things sometimes and just enjoy yourself. Nice. Um, what's your deal with mustaches? Because <laughs> you love to draw them. I do. Ninety-five uh, percent of your characters have I'm gonna, some uh, sort of unique mustache. We're gonna write today. a sci-fi comic book where there is a <laughs> this, there, there's gonna be this dystopian like future where mustaches are forbidden <laughs> and sean's gonna draw it i'm not gonna draw that yeah, i'm not gonna draw that <laughs> bullshit how, how conscious is it like uh well i love them for a few reasons uh <laughs> they're fun to draw because they frame the face it gives you this big anchor point that you can uh you know just kind of start the face off with and also if like, depending on the mustache, it maybe hides the mouth. So you eliminate the need to draw a mouth on a character. <laughs> so it actually is kind of a time-saving thing every once in a while. So, That's awesome, Because oh. I, 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 I was privileged to, to see a little bit of the work in progress for your upcoming project. Ooh. And when I saw the first thing I saw was just mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a fan, big fan. Oh, and yet you times. don't have one. You I have a full beard. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but your beard is like your yeah. That, you can't. Well, yeah. You you can pull off a mustache. I think. You know I, what? I was really surprised. Do you remember when I did the first Kickstarter video for the Cauldron Magazine, the mm -hmm. Kickstarter, mm -hmm. and uh, the Dweller in the Cellar, of course. <laughs> um, volume two Kickstarter coming very soon. Uh, I got a new video, Dweller in the Cellar, with a cameo by Dr. Stevel himself. Um, but anyways, in the first one, I had a beard, and we were trying to figure out the character. So I, I shaved the beard because we knew we wanted a mustache. And the first shade, the first stage of just shaving the beard, I took a picture and I posted it, and I thought I looked ridiculous, right? Because I had a fucking mustache. <laughs> And it was just all these people going, you know what? Kind of works. And I was just like, what? So uh, then I went down another level. And it, it's funny how the, the smaller the mustache gets, the, the creepier it gets. And that's what we were looking for. So we finally got down to the, like, the Gomez Adams, John Waters, like, pencil mustache. Right? <laughs> and, man, I look so creepy. I was even, like, creeping out myself. <laughs> But I'm telling you, I bet you, Sean, if I bet you, you could pull off like you know the the, the chief hopper or the magnum, you know. Maybe one day. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, ogre. Yeah. Damn, what a, a trip it's been. I mean, this book was so exciting for so many people. Not that it's over in any way. You can still get your ogres. Yeah. Uh, please get ogre. The trade has been out for a while, and it's absolutely fantastic. And of course, I always recommend uh, when it's a four set, as Source Point is prone to do, it makes for excellent trades because they're not volumes of trades often. Even though some things are going to start popping into other volumes, uh, you know, ogre is you know it's a four comic set. It's a beginning and an end to this particular story in this in this universe. 
and uh, it it it's been great. Has it? It's it's been so much fun, the the whole experience. And I hope I like I hope you guys feel the same. But from my side and and talking to so many fans and so many people here in Toronto who have gotten their hands on the book. It, it, it people just you know it was a really exciting thing for them so what's the experience been like for you guys um i mean on the creating side it's been awesome because i think like uh not the crew we've talked enough oh, about yeah. that shit no, you guys yeah. have done a million fucking podcasts talking <laughs> we've about actually only, relationship. This is only second this is our only second podcast that we've done together isn't it uh, ever yeah i think so Probably. really because you guys have been getting around like Bobby, no no but general just, i'm about saying around, together but... like sean and i on the same podcast at the same time was really? like when we did yours and this one now. I don't think we really. Should. Yeah, did we do another one? I don't think so. I don't think so. Sean, like pretty- Sean's one of those people. It's like just keep him working. Like, <laughs> Sean, do you want to do a podcast? Yeah, I could. I'm like, or do you want to keep working? Because you know, just keep working. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, well, Sean, you recently, sorry, you recently appeared on uh, Heroes by the Pint. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that was a fun time, and that came out of nowhere because I'm subscribed, so their episodes just pop up, and there it pops up in your name. And I was like, oh, my God, he's on a different show. <laughs> I get to hear someone else talk to him, and it was great. You got, it, was, it was an awesome episode. You know? Cool. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, they selected some pretty good beers, I got to say. Yeah, show. yeah they, they send us beer. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told them I was like, you guys need to come up to Toronto and uh, experience the Fan Expo. Yeah, because, they're, uh, they're it's fun. Toronto. We have really good beer. Yeah. You know, so uh, some might say the best beer, <laughs> Ugh, but we won't get too into that. But um, yeah, no, forget all. We've yeah. talked a million times <clears throat> about your relationship, and you know, we know y'all work well together and all that crap, and you know, it's been. It's been a love fest from beginning to end. But I want to know a little, just since the release, since the issues have come out, uh, to see your book in previews, to yeah. know it's in comic shops and places you've never been and may never be. Like, it's it's been a trip, and it's been a huge success for SourcePoint. And at a time when SourcePoint is exploding, and this is just part of the reason why. And, you know, I, have you guys... Is it the thing where you're just too busy? I know with Sean it could be that you're just, you know, you haven't noticed it enough because you're just working so hard. But have you taken the time to appreciate how crazy this has been? I mean, yeah, sure. It's I, I'm keeping, you know, my finger on the pulse as much as I can. Uh, but kind of like you said, the most important thing for me is just to keep going and get as much stuff as, as I can, you know, finished so that I can just – keep enjoying right. it really is, is what it comes down to and i think that's Has probably why it works so well because i feel the same way like i mean i love the success of ogre but i think it's like you enjoy that success and you don't dwell in it you just you're saying like okay now on to the next thing uh because in this comic book business it's I mean like you have to you know you have to stay relevant and you have of to keep course. thinking yeah but it's uh i mean but obviously, in those like, moments that yes. you've taken to yourself if you to, want to talk about know, like your i your, want to hear a little bit about the joy like your kids <laughs> yes like people will lie to you and they'll say that you know that there's no favoritism but you know as much as like salvagers was my first thing you know um ogre is I love it. I, I pick it up at any time. I could look at it because Sean's 
artwork is so amazing. And I think like it's just we just we just hit it, you know. And yeah, yeah. I think with with ogres coming out, um, I'm really excited about that because I think with ogre, it was like we were kind of breaking in. We were like, okay, the two of us are going to work together and we're going to do this thing. And I don't want to say it was serious because I don't think it was serious. I think we had a lot of fun doing it. But I think with Ogres, were, or at least I feel like, you know, with me, with writing the script, I wasn't as nervous. You know, like I was kind of like, you know what? Like I, I feel confident working along with Sean and I feel that the, the world and the characters are good and I can put this out there. So I think Ogres is going to have like, it's going to have like that, you know, that, that tone that ogre had but it's gonna be a lot i think it's gonna be a little bit more fun yeah that's a good way to put it uh i think that a lot of our effort for for both of us in the first one was figuring out the world more than anything uh and just how we wanted to approach it and how we wanted to build it and are we gonna have standard fantasy creatures in it are we gonna make up our own and then it kind of became this very cool hybrid uh moving into ogres uh, we've, you know, just done a lot of talking about world building recently. And I think that that's one of the main things that this, uh, sequel is going to offer, uh, a ton of new interesting, uh, characters and even creatures and stuff like that to really play around with. I'm excited to see it. Bob, you just said before how, you know, it, it is like your baby. You're really proud of it as much as you are proud of salvagers. Now, you know what a big fan of salvagers I am. And, you know, all around, Salvagers is a beautiful comic book. It's it's of the highest quality. And it's very well written, but it's written a lot. And yeah. like we were talking earlier, the way you've tightened up your style for this story um, is it, – it's amazing. It's it's As much as I love Salvagers, you know, I think Ogre is – it it shows a huge step in your writing, like a like monstrous it. step. Like you know, just with 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 twenty five percent of the words that you used in Salvagers, you got so much more across in Ogres. Yeah, or in Ogres, absolutely. You know yeah, I mean? oh, yeah. And uh, and again, it's like you know, in doing anything, it's like the more and more you do it, yeah, the more and more you learn. So you know, I, I'm glad that. You know, by the time that I uh, I was able to do something like Ogre, I had learned a lot by making the mistakes that I made, and uh, you know, and it's it paid off. So, as you've also just mentioned, Ogres. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Ogres coming from Source Point <laughs> Press. What's the dealio? So yeah, so I mean. It was awesome. Like one of the best experiences for me or one of the best moments for me is when we were at Fan Expo Canada. Um, I tell the story constantly. I was talking to Sean and when we did Ogre, I, you know, I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of working with him and I learned so much from working with Sean. And, uh, you know, we we were talking and I was about to start a new project and he was just like, all right, well, when are we going to do the next one? And And immediately I was just like, you want to keep working with me? <laughs> uh, so I, you know, I was like, yes, I was like, drop everything. Like, and I will do another one. And, um, but at the same time I was like, I didn't, I wasn't planning on this. So, you know, it was like, I had to come up with a concept and 
I was talking to Travis about it because he's the editor on on Ogre, and he, of course I wanted him to be the editor on Ogres. And the one thing that we I think we all agreed on um, was we didn't want to do a sequel. Uh, you know, one of the things about being you know in comics is when you do sequels, especially on an indie level. Uh, you know, you could sell a hundred books of your of your one book, and then when you have a sequel that like you have to read the first book to get the second book, uh, your you know your readership kind of falls off. So one of the things that I really wanted to do is I wanted to make them interchangeable. Like it was like you could read ogres, and then you could read ogre, or you could do it vice versa. So I didn't want to really do a, a, a sequel. I wanted to kind of do a parallel story. It is happening in the same time frame, though. It's happening in the same time frame. Like there is okay. a moment in the the story where you actually see the other story, which um, you know that's for, always fun. Yeah, <laughs> for me, and like, and I actually just saw the page like where Sean did it, like where you see the other angle of right, the right. other story. So um, you know, so that I feel like you know where it's. It's fun because like what people that have read Ogre, what, that when they read Ogres, if they still have Ogre, they could go back and be like, they can look through it and be like, that's the moment where these two cross paths. And uh, and if you haven't read Ogre and you read Ogres, then you might be like, you know what, I want to read Ogre now. Uh, and it'll be and when you know when you read Ogre, it'll you'll you'll be reading it with eyes like where you like I know this world. So can we um, talk? We can talk about Ogre, like spoiler wise at this point can't we or do we yeah, still no, want no. to I mean, keep it yeah so well, even well i don't really have to spoil it but i'm just saying one of the very unique things about ogre was that concept was yeah. that this guy was you know this ogre for anyone who doesn't know and this isn't really actually no, spoiling it spoiling. this is the concept of the story but the ogre is chained to a corpse and then is hanging out with the ghost of that corpse and it's like, you know, they have to deal with this situation they're in. And it's really, really interesting and unique the way they deal with it. Like, I, like, you know, it's an ogre. He could just take this body and, like, rip it off the fucking cuffs. But the way he goes about it, it's it, it, it's cool. But, you know, that's a big part of what ogre was. And that's a big part of how – that was part of your pitch. That's what you told people at Comic-Cons to get them to buy this comic was this concept of this ogre chained to this – dead body that he's got to hang out with the ghost of yeah and you've you know you wrapped that up like we've been saying like ogre was a complete story right yeah. so i'm yeah. very 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 interested to see where you go with the second one because it's not like i'm waiting on a cliffhanger no yeah Do you know what i mean over. like this it's completely this is all completely 100 percent fresh so yes. that's why i'm i'm because of how good ogre was i'm so stoked to see you know, what you come up with it for the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And it's, uh, you know, and I think like it, it wasn't easy because like, if you think about trying to come up with a story where like there was different like, concepts that I had, and I feel like every concept I've had, like Travis was like, ah, no, that's been done before. So, uh, it was just basically, you know, just kind of watching old movies and seeing, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if I can talk about it, but like seeing this old movie and I was like, I love this movie, and it would make sense if this if the if ogres started from this one scene in ogre and took off in another direction. Oh, yeah. sweet! So, uh, 
you know, and, and I presented that to Travis and then we talked to Sean about it. And I think we all kind of agreed like that. It's almost like that alien and aliens like, right, al- right. like you, a- you could watch aliens without watching alien. You know, you could. Uh, and when you look at them, it's like one's a horror movie and one's an action movie. Totally. So uh, that was probably because those are like two of my favorite movies. So that, that was a little inspiration in it, too. But um do you, you know, have the, a blurb the, for this one yet that you can talk about? Like, can you tell us so, a little bit about the story? Or I haven't come up happening? with the – I mean, I think I actually had to send uh, Josh Warner, uh, SourcePoint Press art director, who takes care of all the preview stuff, a blurb. But uh, the, I think the blurb would be that um, some uh, young ogres hook up with a uh, down-on-his-luck dwarf and go to um, – exact revenge or avenge the massacre of their village. Sean. Well, that sounds that, fun. <laughs> does that sound about what we're doing? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, 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 the one thing though, is when we were at fan expo, like Sean, all, like Sean was just like, just give me a ton of like, you know, fantastical creatures that I could, that I can draw. Now me oh, like that's exciting. So yeah, so like and I'm just like, you know, I'm like this like I will I'll do anything Sean asks for. <laughs> so I'm like I'm not a D&D guy. Like I, you know, I I I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I love fantasy. I love watching the movies. I have done more research. And I and I've been going back and forth with Sean where I'd be like, "What's what about this? Like with this and that." Um, but I've done so much more research on D&D characters. <laughs> that I, I feel like that I could sit down with some high school kids and I could be like, all right, let's do this. Bob's gonna write a campaign. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I might be able to. I know what a, I know what a death knight is now. Grab himself like, a dungeons master's guide. You're good to go. Right. So, it, but it was awesome because, like, I mean, I'm like, I was, I've been putting things out on, um, you know, like on Reddit and being like, what's the difference between a druid and a cleric? And like, people like would be like, they are so like you're asking me my opinion and they will give you everything and you're just <laughs> like you're and then and you walk away where you're like I feel like I'm an expert now on the difference <laughs> between a druid and a cleric and uh, you know so it it really helped me you know fill this world with uh, interesting characters and you know and then working with Sean you're just like you know there'd be times where I'd be like hey man this page all you you know like this is and because I, I want him to have fun too and i want him to kind of feel like that he's got you know he doesn't fly, have to fly peacock yeah. fly yeah well you know <laughs> the, one of the best podcasts that i ever listened to besides yours is uh, uh, uh fat man on batman and it was uh it was the episode where it was Shaw, um uh scott snyder and and capullo capullo yeah. So, was, I, so was I was crazy. writing scripts for when I was doing Salvagers Volume One. I was writing scripts and I was giving them to George Acevedo, and he sent me this podcast. He sent me this link to this podcast. Didn't say why. He was just like, just listen. He's like, before you write another word, just listen to this podcast. And in the podcast, it was these two talking about the first time they met and what their relationship is now. And one yeah. of the things was Capullo was like. I'd get a script and it would be three pages of description for one page. So he was like, and I would immediately throw it away. 
<laughs> and like, so I got it. I was yeah. like, all right, George is basically telling me like, stop giving me so much detail. Let me, you know, be creative on it too. So, yeah. um, you know, and then working, you know, working with, you know, the people that I've worked with on any comic, there's times where it's like, you know, you know, you're like, look, in the beginning of this page, I want this happening. And by the end, I want this happening. And, you know, I trust that you will probably do a better job on that page if I don't give you any description. And right. uh, so, you know, there's definitely page, more pages, I think, in this one than there was in the last one where I'm like, Sean's, I just wrote, you know, like page 18, Sean's page. Like, <laughs> have at it. As per Sean. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I mean, and I send sweet. that, and I send that script to Travis McIntyre where he's like, well, what's happening on this page? And I'm like, whatever Sean wants. And he's like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I gotta say, I love those pages. <laughs> uh, you're hearing the name Travis McIntyre a lot. For anybody not familiar, Travis McIntyre is the editor in chief of Source Point Press Publishing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what show is it? When when did you meet Sean? You met, first met Travis a couple of years ago at like a Toronto Comic Con or whatever the first show they came out for was. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been a Toronto Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah, that was exciting times because nope. I'd been. I was so glad you guys finally got to meet because everybody was getting sick of me talking about whoever the fuck this Sean Daly guy was. I'm sure they still are. But then all they had to do was take one look at your art, and they were like, "Oh, that's Sean Daly." Oh, oh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, and this is just kind of a observation more than a comment or anything because it's not meant to be negative, positive, or anything in the difference. I've noticed a lot of your style art. Uh, people are really starting to explore it, the way you use your watercolors and stuff. Um, I don't know if you've noticed this at all, uh, you know, but uh, I, I see it going on, and it's a very cool thing because you know you're you have such a unique style. But like explore it in what way? Like they're asking. just I see it. It's, uh, it's popping up more than it was ever before. Okay, here's an example. There's a fantastic, fantastic artist out there named Corinne Roberts. Yeah, and uh, she did a swamp thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys saw this. Yeah. I, I think I tagged you in the comment. I did because, see it. Yeah, and I hope actually, Corinne, if you hear this, I, I hope that you know I, I didn't mean that as like any kind of comparison in it. Like, well, in any way, it was just it wasn't what like I didn't mean anything by it. I'm just saying like, sorry. I have to get very. I get a little defensive with myself, and it's stupid <laughs> because I've taken the peer pressure of all my friends to tell me I talk about Sean Daly too fucking much. But whatever. Um, I've been a champion for years and i'll champion you to the end to the end sean daly um but either way um she did the swamp thing and for it i didn't know before i saw her name and that she did it i almost thought it was you and and it's just uh you know your simplicity in your lines you know what i mean and your very straight edge style you don't have a curvy line you don't have a lot of you know waviness going on you do have a very straight you know kind of structured style that's you know yeah does that make sense yeah <laughs> uh, i remember seeing that swamp thing actually before i realized i was tagged in it and i distinctly remember stopping and saying holy shit that's awesome 
That's did that very, very feel cool. familiar at all? Were you like, hey, I like that because that's how I like to do stuff? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I'm drawn to, to artwork like that where it looks like it's either done by hand or using watercolor paints or ink washes and stuff like that. So, because Corinne does incredible, incredible work. Everybody, get out there and check out Corinne Roberts. Absolutely. Uh, and she does these prints. I got a uh, what you call it, a Secret of Nim print from her at bought at Fan Expo Boston. It's absolutely gorgeous. But she does these very, very deep, warm, vibrantly colored pieces, uh, just filled to the brim. Not your coloring style at all. Like if you look at her regular prints and like her main stuff, very warm, rich tones where you have a much more simplistic, straight lined kind of ja almost Japanese type style about your work, right? Sure. And then I saw this swamp thing and she had kind of done it in a style that wasn't very particular to her. It looked more like that Japanese kind of, you know, you know, brush style, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm just seeing it pop up, and people are playing with that style, I guess, a lot more. And it's uh, it's kind of cool because you are, you know, you're that's your thing. You're you the godfather. She's watercolor. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. To, that should be like a thing that we say more often, and then we'll make it stick. Well, well, I have claimed for years, every year on our fan expo extravaganza, any show that I'm at with Sean Daly, he has the messiest table at the con <laughs> you go through every table in artist alley his is the one with puddles of water and you know his paintbrush and checking his paint and stuff and i can't help you it's, uh, it, it, it's great it's wonderful you set up your own little get messy station you know it's fun i'm with sean sean's gonna get to a point where he goes somewhere and they're like yeah we're gonna give you a table and he's like i'm gonna need two <laughs> I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need one to set up on. I'm gonna need one to get messy on. I need a buffer. I'm gonna need a buffer table. Well, he's me. good though because he doesn't get messy. I don't think I've ever once seen paint on your clothes at a show. I mean, I don't get it on my face, but it's all over my hands and everywhere else. It's, that's why yeah. I'm sitting at the table to hide all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to mention uh, before we wrap this up uh, a little bit of uh, your other guys' stuff going on there because it's always a well. Before we wrap it up, we, we we have to mention whoever's listening to this. If you're going to be at uh, Fan Expo Canada at the end of August, that Ogres Number One is going to be have a uh, Fan Expo Canada exclusive issue one cover. And it's going to be coming out. It's going to be in previews September in the beginning of September. But if you're at Fan Expo Canada, you can get it early. And you can get it signed by myself and Sean because we'll both be there. So that's going to be a – hopefully that will be a pretty big deal. That's actually a huge deal. And I do want you people out there to understand because it is going to be extremely rare that these two get together. Once a year – Twice a year, maybe if yeah, there's Bob there's continues. like a border. There's a border. Well, you've between kept us. up. A, well, you've kept up. A, you've been here every year for the past few years. And, yeah, uh, Toronto is one of my favorite places. I will actually Motor City. I love. Like, I would love to go to Motor City, but I would like Fan Expo and Toronto Comic Con. I love Toronto. I love being in that city. Um, I love you guys. I love the community. It's like, I think I, I feel like like it just it energizes you to feel the people and the positive like the positive energy that flows. Probably just in all of Canada, like, but I've only been to Toronto. Um, 
but I love being there. I just love being there. And it's Porter Airline. If I, you know, if Porter Airline ever wants to give me any kind of discount, I'll plug you guys constantly. Well, that's part of it. Is you know, it's, it's two fifty flight here? Yeah, round trip. Two fifty round trip. And they and give it's you like a free drink. And a half. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They give you a free drink. <laughs> it really is nice. It drops you right there off near the island and shit. It's great. Uh, yeah, but that is a big deal because yeah. this is going to be exclusive. It's going to be out before it's out in previews. And this isn't like what what often happens with Source Point Press is these a lot of these books are printed uh, before previews, and at least in the past, I, I think that may taper off a bit. But a lot of these books have been available if you go to the shows. Uh, for a much longer period than before they're available in shops or whatever. Not so in this case. No. Whereas this Ogres, is the only place you can get it. If we don't sell the all of them, we're going to burn will... the rest of them. <laughs> the only place you're going to get these is uh, this one-time deal, which is crazy cool. And uh, I've seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it completed, I don't think. But I think I saw a work in progress of this Canadian exclusive cover. And uh, it's it's good times, Sean Daly, good times all the way. So uh, that is a cool big deal. Um, just to quickly mention also the Source Point Press family, Dan Doherty of Floppy Cop will be there, and he'll be able to sign uh, Floppy Cop issues with Jay Fosgett, who is always here. Uh, Source Point Press, Salvagers, uh, Abandoned Cargo, and Wreck Raiders. Yeah. Um, those are Bob's previous books, yes. and you should really check them out. They are available from SourcePoint Press, uh, Garbage Men of the Galaxy. It's uh, it's it's fantastic fun. Um, Samurai Grandpa by Easton Daverna and Sean Daly, now also available from source point press is that on tape that's on tables now isn't it Absolutely. And it's also i think uh what is it is it issue three that you're able to like you can order at comic shops right now yeah it's yeah series available yeah and i mean and you could obviously go in there and order issues one and two as uh, uh reorders but uh definitely that's an awesome book and we're I mean, source point press is happy love love having that uh this weekend coming up to where we're, where we're recording this uh, today is Wednesday, and this weekend is San Diego Comic-Con, the big one, and so it's basically already started out there, and there's been lots of crazy announcements and stuff already. Uh, if you happen to be out, you're not going to hear this actually until after it's done, so I'm not even going to tell you to go see it. But, uh, you know, Source Point Press will be there doing their crazy thing. Also, while we're at Fan Expo, Josh Werner, who you mentioned earlier, founder oh, yeah. of Source Point Press and art director, will be at Cambridge Comic Con in the UK with Corin Nemec. With, uh, Corin Nemec yeah. of Rotten Tail. Big. Mr. David Hayes Opus. And uh, my kid's been bugging me to watch it. Yeah, and, uh, not yet. It is, in fact, available <laughs> on Amazon now, people. So I think I'm going to have to let my kid watch it because he's been bugging me hardcore. But you should check out Rotten Tail. Um, what else is happening? Anything else exciting we should talk about? Uh, Salvagers board game is in development. Oh my right God, yeah. Salvagers! You've been what the hell is going on with Salvagers? It's, David Hayes wrote a yeah, wrote he one? wrote a one like, shot. Um, I got um, I actually just so I, I I the artist that was doing volume three, he had some uh, family issues, so he had to jump off. So I have a new artist right now who is actually in the process of reading all that I have of salvagers so he can take over the last two issues. 
so we can get that uh, final volume finished. And then, um, you know, it's it's fun because I, I'm talking to Andy Schmidt uh, a lot, and I don't know if he listens to this, and he'd be like, "Why did you say that?" But uh, you know, I don't he, know if he listens, yeah, but he's been on it. But he's, uh, you know, we've <laughs> talked at, at conventions, and I think like what he, his plan is is that he'd really like to start doing uh, one shots and uh, three issue miniseries for salvagers uh, and kind of keep blowing that universe up, which obviously that was, you know, I, I, if that happens, you know, that would be amazing because that was kind of, you know, that kind it's of childhood genius, dream. Bob. Just get other people to make your comic for you. Like that's a, it's, it's genius. Well, you know, anything to keep it going, you know, it's, it's... <laughs> all right on source point press. Uh, so much crazy stuff happening right now. I know I'm probably missing. Other well, if, I mean, Sean, like, other... Sean's got other things that he's working on. Uh, you know, he, what's, what's the, you had that project where it was the young kid in the, in the, you know, the old man, which I know nothing about, but <laughs> I see what you're posting on it. And I'm like, I want you to talk about it. Yeah. What are you talking about? I haven't seen anything. About I, this. I watch everything that Sean does religiously because I'm like, whatever he's done, I'm like, I'm like, are you done doing that so we can work? I'm kidding. <laughs> what is this, Sean? What's he talking about? Uh, it's a book called Better Place. I'm almost halfway done right now. It's written by Dwayne Murray, who's a writer here in Toronto. Uh, about 70 pages in right now. But yeah, it's about a young kid who loses his grandfather kind of suddenly. And he asks his mother where his grandfather went. She has a really hard time telling him. She says he went to a better place. And he finds a retirement home uh, with the tagline, a better place to live. So he goes out in search for his grandfather, not knowing that he's actually dead. Uh, and he goes on this great big adventure. Uh, it's kind of a mix of like fantasy and real life stuff. But uh, it's a very wow. sad, heartfelt uh, story that, uh, yeah, I'll have a bit more on that coming soon. And who, sorry, who wrote that? Uh, a writer named Dwayne Murray. Uh, Dwayne Murray, I'm unfamiliar. Yeah, uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He's posting like process stuff every once in a while. Uh, Is he new to the scene? Where'd you meet uh, this fellow? I think I met him at Fan Expo, actually. I believe he uh, uh, owns a lot of original art pages from a lot of different books, and I think we may have met uh, just was kind of like going through all the original pages that I had uh, at Fan Expo a couple years ago. So we just ended up talking, and he told me this idea that he wanted to do. I think he actually backed Terraquil on Kickstarter as well. It is so Sean Daly to make a comic with someone who buys your art. <laughs> well, I think the, I think the main ridiculous. part was that like he was like, is there going to be an old person in this with a mustache? <laughs> And that was, was like, uh, yes, supporting character. Uh, yeah, and of course uh, Well, Bob, Sally, I'm very happy that you got to hook up with uh, our, our breakout uh, Canadian nice guy uh, here. He's, um, uh, he's yeah, honestly, and... not only is he one of my favorite artists, he's one of my favorite people. Always a pleasure. And he's not sick of the fact that I will text message him, Facebook message him, Twitter message him, and Telegram message him all in one moment just to get his attention. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, 
Meanwhile, I text them, and he usually texts back in five minutes. Um, <laughs> That's not going to give me a complex at all. It took me years, actually. It t- I don't think I had Sean Daly's phone number for the first, like, five or six years. I knew Sean for how many years do we know each other until I was driving down to Philadelphia with him and A. Shahan in the car. I knew him for several years, and then does he mention his girlfriend, and literally, like, Shay and I did a double take at each other. It was like, what? Wait, what? He's like, oh, yeah. You know, and we were like, okay. <laughs> well, I was just you and a hamster in an apartment drawing all the time. <laughs> I mean, I did for a long time, which is kind of nice, too. But, you know. <laughs> oh, the charm on this kid. <laughs> oh, it's, it's bloody hilarious. But the Canadian talent at Source Point Press, Source Point Press North, continues to rise uh fred kennedy of course recently on the show brand new book warpath coming to the show uh a shay han will be doing an upcoming issue or few monstrous. at least one i think a couple of them uh, monstrous yep. yes for greg wright uh so you know more and more it's getting very very exciting uh good stuff also i gotta send some uh congratulations out um the joe schuster awards yeah. Uh, the nominations have been announced for anybody out uh, south of the border who is unfamiliar. The Joe Schuster Awards are Canada's uh, Eisners, basically. Uh, and I would like to congratulate Jim Zub, uh, Chip Zdarsky, uh, Ricky Lima for Happily Ever After. That's a fantastic nomination for you, Ricky. Uh, Aisha Han, once again nominated for Beaver Dam. If you haven't checked out Beaver Dam, it's a vintage old school Canadian horror story taking place back in the prairie days. And it's, it's amazing. It's fantastic fun. <laughs> Uh, who am I missing? Uh, the, oh, yeah, mainly uh, the Cauldron crew. Oh, yes, uh, Wayward Sisters, Alison O'Toole, that anthology, as well as As Good As It Gets, the Toronto Comics anthology, them both nominated as well. Uh, unfortunately, yet uh, very coolly to be up against Cauldron. If you're all unfamiliar with Cauldron, you got to check out Cauldron. I'm proud to serve as the dweller in the cellar for Cauldron Magazine. It's a heavy metal-type inspired horror suspense uh, magazine with lots of cool stories, uh, including uh, work from Miss Casey Pierce of Source Point Press. So not from Source Point Press yet. Maybe we hope. <laughs> but, uh, you know, definitely part of uh, the Cool Kid family uh, across North America's comic book community. Uh, Casey Pierce, pop it in there. Uh, it's a good time. So congratulations to everybody on all your hard work. Good luck. Uh, and I'm sure the awards will be good times. But other than that, uh, get out there. Samurai Grandpa, order it now. Go to your LCS and say, give me that shit. Uh, and now we can look forward to ogres guys. Thank you so much for hanging out yet again. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, always. Thank you. Uh, both these guys uh, actually no, cause you changed some stuff, but I know it's just at Sean daily across the board on social media. S H a W N D A L E Y. Do you have just a Bob Sally tag on anything now or is it like just... salvagers this or ogres no, that? Um, I mean, I feel like the Facebook pages don't really work that much anymore unless you dump a pump, a bunch of money into it. So it's just like Bob Sally on Facebook and Bob underscore Sally on Twitter and Bob underscore Sally on Instagram. And that's Sally with an E Sally with an E. 
S A L L E Y. Uh, very cool, uh, guys. Again, thank you so much. And kids, that is all we are going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Daggeris.